morning to our church family, friends, and those of you who are connecting with us online. And this may be for the very first time that you're joining us. We really want to welcome you into our living room. And we are so privileged to be able to come to you into your living room this morning. And you know, friends, all around the world, in so many different places, this is what is happening. Churches are meeting in homes and all of that, and largely because of, of you know what it is, it's because of COVID-19 and the impact that it is having uh, in and around the world. I mean, imagine that the impact that this virus is having in and around the world that is now causing us as a church to also meet in small groups or within within homes. And so we want to take advantage of this. This is this season that we are in is going to be a fairly exciting season. It's going to be different. I mean, that is something that I suppose we need to get used to. It is going to be different, but it doesn't need to be any lesser than how we experience God on a Sunday in our corporate gathering. Remember church, it means ecclesia, which means the called out ones. It means people that the Lord has now called right out to become and, and to be an influence. And, you know, a few weeks ago I shared with you when Jesus had asked Peter, you know, there was so there was there was so many different views of who Jesus Jesus was, and so he turned to his disciples and he said, "You know, so who do you say that I am, and who are people saying that I am?" And 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 Peter came up and then said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus then turns to him and said, "Peter, this revelation that has come to you." is not from man, but it is from my Father in heaven. And then he proceeds to say that now, based on this revelation now, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build the ecclesia. And, you know, I, I shared with you that the ecclesia is, is what the Romans uh, used to do, that when they conquered any city, they would send an ecclesia out into that city to ensure that they become Romanized as such. So they were taught, they were influenced. And, you know, in, in today's day and age, we're meeting here because of the influence that this virus is having on, on, on the world and on each and every one of us and the potential that it can have, right? So our response is this now, that we will still meet and we will meet in homes over a period of time until the government says that it's okay now for us to come and gather back in our corporate gatherings. But as we do this, let's take advantage now and begin to build community. Let's take advantage now and be able to visit others and to do that in a safe manner. Right, again, uh, making sure that we give uh, importance to guidelines that have been set by our, by our federal governments, right? You know, as disconnected as we may feel to some extent in relation to our Sunday services, uh, the good thing is this, that we are united through the unity of the Spirit. And, and, and we are pulled together by the blood of Jesus. 
And I want to thank Krista this morning for uh, uh, sharing with us or taking us through communion. I also want to take time and, 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 and also thank Kev for taking us through uh, our new process called Tithely as we are able to still bring our offering and our tithes before, before the Lord. So we just want to uh, just appreciate what is being now provided. And as I said, it's new to us. So there are a few things that we're going to be reintroducing over the next few weeks. So please do stay tuned, check our websites out and the emails that are going to be sent to you. Now, we've been on a series, Reintroducing Jesus. And uh, we've been talking from John, uh, the Gospel of John, and looking at the seven different I am's of Christ. Now, we've gone through four of those. But today I felt to just move away from our series and address what I call the elephant in the room. And so many of us, I'm sure at this point, we know what the elephant in the room is. And it is our response or the response of fear. And, and what anxiety is also doing to the, to the masses. And, you know, I just want to uh, probably outline a couple of things. We go to the supermarkets and we see shelves. They're all empty. No toilet paper. No canned food and all of that now. And that begins to create this fear. And fear begins to breed fear. Now, I wonder what, what would have been some of the experiences that you may have had over the past few weeks. And you know, this, this week as you're gathering in homes, why don't you share some of those experiences? And I hope that you could see the lighter side of it or probably even laugh about it, right? But you know, friends, whatever said and done, COVID-19, coronavirus is here and it has hit us in, in ways that we are physically, mentally and emotionally really unprepared. So things are consistently changing and we need to adapt and be prepared to change what we see as our normal. What is your normal? What is your normal? Now the list of what ifs keep growing and the remedies to deal with this virus is also on the rise. And uh, you know, the other day I, I sent out a link towards looking at a particular thing without actually doing research and realized that it was a hoax because my desire to want to send something out to uh, the community or to people that I'm connected with, you know, is, is such an overwhelming aspect within me that I want to make sure that they have uh, right information. And without thinking, I just sent it out and then got information back that, that this is really a hoax. So friends, I think we've also got to be really careful what we are, information that we are disseminating across to each and every one, right? Now change of this magnitude does only one thing. It creates instability. Now instability often breeds unwarranted and unnecessary emotions for us to latch onto. What sort of an emotion are you latching onto? What sort of an emotion have you been latching onto? Now the good news is this, that we have an anchor that is able to keep us from being pulled too far away and uh, from the course and to drip, and, sorry, and to drift into fear, anxiety, and potentially a host of other emotions that will only pull us down, causing us to sink. Now you know when the angels appeared to various subjects in the Bible, 
you know what were their first words? It was this, fear not. Now, there is this default within us to generally respond to fear first before anything else. Now, I want to put this to you, that fear not is the vaccine to COVID-19, the coronavirus. Fear not, say it with me. Fear not is the vaccine to COVID-19, the coronavirus. Come on, sound a little bit more enthusiastic. Fear not is the vaccine to COVID-19, the coronavirus. Now, you might probably be saying, hey, Larry, it's easier said than done. Yeah, and, and you're prob probably right. You know, I've been going to the shops and have never been able to get, again, toilet paper, right? Not enough food in the pantry as the shops are, are, are out of it. Mincemeat, you can't even get mincemeat. Now, I had to go a couple of days and then I was told, hey, if you come here at 9.30, you're bound to get mincemeat. And thankfully, I was there right, at, right on time and managed to get that, right? Just been told, I've, I, I need to take voluntary leave without pay. I have, and I've got rent to pay, I've got a, a mortgage to pay. So work is cutting, is having to cut corners here and there, and it's impacting you in more ways than you expect. Now your circumstances could be even worse off than what I've already shared. Now the, ch the challenges we all face is, is huge, and, and you know friends, navigating through this time demands really something else from us. It, de it demands a, a way different response from us. It needs to call something out from the, from the depth of what we have within us, from the reservoir of what God has placed within us and of our journey, right? We have to keep, and, and I, want, uh, I want you to pay attention to this word, this term that you're gonna hear me share over and over again at various different times. We have to keep spiritually buoyant through whatever storm. Again, we have to keep spiritually buoyant through whatever storm. You know, sometimes the Lord calms the storm, right? But sometimes He lets the storm rage and calms His child. So what is God doing to you today? I mean, to us today, the storm is there, but don't you think that God can calm you and I, that He can come and create a buoyancy within us that will cause us to stay afloat above all of what we see happening? Right, do you remember at the start of the year, there were three things that I shared with you which I felt that the Lord was saying uh, that this year was gonna be about, that He wanted to get, uh, he, he wanted us to get a handle uh, around these, uh, uh, around these areas. And one was that we needed to learn to trust more, the other was to love more, and the third aspect is to live in the spirit of expectancy. That is buoyancy, to live in the spirit of expectancy. So, so say that with me again. Trust more, love more, and live in the spirit of expectancy. Now I'd like to put this before you, or before us this morning as tools to help us remain spiritually buoyant. Now, particularly when things change as rapidly as we see happen, what needs the most attention is really, friends, to ask ourselves this very important question. What is our constant? What is it that we know will never change? 
You know, the word of the Lord in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says this, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Or what can this coronavirus and everything that seems to be happening do to me? I make that decision, in a sense, to allow that to come in and create some measure of space within. So this, so my life is this real estate. And what am I giving? What thoughts am I allowing to come in and, and, and begin to rent space from me? Now, the message version says it this way. Be relaxed with what you have, since God assured us, I'll never, leave you, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you. We can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get to me? Again, let me say that. Who or what can get to me? Now, you know, friends, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Imagine that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, or tomorrow. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. Your strength comes from God's grace. So the writer in Hebrews is addressing a community now that were facing extreme challenges, difficult challenges. They were facing persecution, imprisonment. I mean, basically difficult times. That's what they were living in. And so the, the, the writer begins to, the, the writer of Hebrews begins to write to them and say, remember, Jesus is the same yesterday. What you've seen him do to your, to, to your forefathers, he will do it for you too. He's the same today. And you know what? He's the same tomorrow as well. So the first aspect to help us create some measure, uh, to create buoyancy in our lives is this trust more. So what is your trust God meter like? What is this trust God meter like? They are being, these individuals are being reminded that what is vital in the midst of what they were going through was to really come to terms with their ability to trust God. And I believe that's, what's, that's what we are confronted with today. How can we really trust God? Are we really trusting God? Is our trust explicit in a sense that meaning beyond anything that we hear, we're really trusting God. And this is what I call our number one response. Trust Him and take Him at His word. Now, where is your internal compass pointing towards? Is it fear? And if it is, I think you owe it to yourself to change that direction. Now you may ask how? So let me give you three aspects to consider. The first thing I think is to really examine what you're paying attention to. With all the news, with everything that we keep hearing and, 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 and all of what seems that, that we're being fed with, right? In the midst of all of that, we have this overload of information that will only pull us down and take, take you and I away from, what, from who God is and what He can actually do. Now, I'm not saying that we don't pay attention to it, but we need to be fairly um, particular. What are we allowing to come in? What are we actually reading? You know, 
do we actually really need all of that all of that information and and friends to help with that as a church we're going to be sending you emails on a monday wednesday and a fr and and friday with with fairly accurate reports and information from the federal government it will be it, it, it will be put in such a way where it'll be easy for you to read with links that will help take you into further information should you desire to do that but anything that you begin to read please ensure that it it, it doesn't in any way remove you from trusting God and 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 so you need to ask yourself now how then should I go with this with, with with having to trust God how do I continue to trust God in the midst of, of what is happening which leads me to the next point stay in his word and be informed by his word so whose report are you actually really be believing are you informed by the word of the Lord? Are you informed by his ways? Now, it's, it, you know, that becomes, that becomes your life vest. It, it will keep you afloat, right? The word of God will be like this life vest that you put on and it'll help you stay afloat. Now, the third aspect to this is keep a regular time of prayer and practice listening to him. Now, the, the word of the Lord in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, let me, let, let me share with you this, this story. It's a story of two shepherds having dinner, and, and they were resting after a long journey. Now, their sheep were all together in one spot, uh, mingling, mingling together. And when it came time for, the, for both the shepherds to part company and to, and to go their separate ways, one of the shepherds just walked a little bit further, and he began to call towards his sheep one turned and then uh, two three four began to turn and and uh, and and the others began to follow and the sheep that remained were actually the sheep of this other shepherd so you see even naturally sheep are able to hear the voice of the shepherd so can I ask you this who is your shepherd who is your shepherd? The 23rd Psalm says that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leads me to green pastures. Now, many years ago, I heard, a, I heard this other story that there, there was this amazing uh, uh, performer who sang the song, The Lord is my shepherd, you know, the 23rd Psalm. And as he began to sing it, several people stood up and they began to, uh, they began to applaud and all of that. And out of that crowd came an old man. He went up to him and, and, and in this fairly shaky voice he said son uh, can, can I can, can I sing can I sing the song and so the performer was saying and he was a, a little bit confused I mean you want to sing this song you don't really sound all that great but anyway to his surprise the performer allowed him to sing and so this old man this older person began to sing the song and he sang it and he went through the song and at the end of the song you know what happened People were down on their knees, some were, some were crying, including this, this performer. And the performer went up to this older person and he said, Sir, what just happened? How did this happen? And this older person looked at him and he responded this way. And he said, Son, you may know the song, but I know, this. I know the shepherd. And so before you, I want to put this before you. Do you really know the shepherd? 
that you are able to fully trust in this, in this, in this shepherd, right? We need to decide once and for all and make a decision to move towards this form of explicit trust, friends. And because that is what that will not allow fear to come and settle within. The door to fear is going to be closed, right? Now, I just saw yesterday actually uh, a little YouTube clip on this one guy that was asked to, uh, you, you know this exercise where you stand up, this leadership exercise where you stand up and you've got a bunch of people standing behind and uh, you're asked to fall back. And you know, it gets, you know for, for those of us who've tried it, it, it kind of feels a little freaky, man. Are they actually really gonna catch me? So anyway, he stood up and they were all prepped and they were all prepared. And instead of falling back, he fell forward. Now, that is exactly what this is. Fear is what that will do to you and I. Instead of us falling back and saying, Lord, I'm going to put myself and I'm going to fall into your arms, in a, in, in a sense. But what we do, we fall forward by saying that I am going to go my way, I'm going to decide how it is, and I'm going to listen to whatever that is out there. And that is virtually what I mean by falling forward. Now, the internal compass is important to help us keep spiritually buoyant. That is, what we allow to settle within can either build us or really pull us down. And our second factor is this to love more, right? This is what I refer to as our external indicator. Now, to help us, to help us remain buoyant. It is being generous. It is being kind. It is being other-centric, other right? We have seen in the past week the rise of selfishness, me first, a survival mentality, no matter what, the cost, right? It's, it's led to hoarding, anger, arguments, fight again over toilet paper. Imagine that, fighting over toilet paper. Now, I understand it's become a bit of a joke, but it really shows the depth of, uh, of, of our human need that only fear can take you and I to, and to actually cause us to do such things, fear. Now, generosity is the greatest antidote to greed, self-survival and selfishness, which only, which will only pull us, uh, uh, pull us down actually. Selfishness will pull us down. So let me give you a couple of examples in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 37, verse one to seven. It's about the Israelites bringing their offering to help build their sanctuary. Now they gave so much now, and Moses says that, that folks, you need to stop, stop giving. We already have a lot. Now imagine for a moment, just, just, just imagine for a moment now that we give so much that you and I are being told, hey, stop giving. You are too generous. You are too generous. Have you ever heard that? What a statement. Hey, stop giving. You're too generous. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like that to happen to you? That you give and give. Wouldn't we as a church community like to be known as that? Wouldn't churches all around the world would like to be known as that too. Now in Acts chapter two, we read of believers sharing with one another what they had as they met from house to house. Now, well, we are forced to meet at homes during the season. And uh, what will this do to our community? The sharing of things, the sharing of our, uh, of our resources, right? I I imagine if we actually said this and if we are actually doing this, hey, I've got a lot of toilet paper. 
Now again, I'm using toilet paper because that seems to be the predominant aspect, right? Uh, let me give you some. Oh, I've got some, I've got uh, a lot of canned food. I've got food supply to last me for uh, a month or slightly more than that. And, and, and we tell some people, hey, I, I've got this. Let me give some of this to you. Now, what is that going to do? It may probably half what you have set aside. Maybe now you'll have just two weeks of supply. But you know, what will that do to you now? It's going to cause you, it's going to force you and I to begin to really trust God. It's going to force you and I to consider what the Lord has done and how He has multiplied the five loaves and two fish. Right? How the Lord multiplied this, this little oil that the lady had in 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7 and He began to multiply all of that. Right? So we're bringing this aspect to the Lord and we're saying, God, here it is. Move on my behalf. Move on our behalf. And let us be a people that are generous. Let us be a people that are other-centric. And you know, another aspect that we need to consider is this, when we say we love more, is our social responsibility. If you're unwell, stay home. Follow the guidelines that, that our federal government is, has put out, right? Think of others and think of how this is going to impact them because we all want to work together to flatten this curve. We all want to work together to eradicate this, this virus, right? Do you know what else love does? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives away fear. So you see, when you trust more, making it your internal navigator, and when you love more, making this your external response, fear will not have a hold on you, despite the challenges of coronavirus. Right, and, fi and finally, friends, undergirding all of this is for us to live with the spirit of expectancy. And how can we do this? Now, remember again, the verse that we started off, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them and he said, hey, you know, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So if he's the same yesterday, if he's the same today, and if he's the same today, remember that with him, all things are possible. Not some, not 90%, not 75%, but all things. So say it with me. With God, all things are possible. Come on. I, I, need to, I, I really need to hear you convinced, being convinced on this. Say it one more time. With God, all things are possible. Come on, say it with me one more time. With God, all things are possible. Right? So how do you remain spiritually buoyant? Trust more, love more, live with the spirit of expectancy. Now, I, I, I want to hear you say that. I'm not going to say it, but I want to hear you say that. Trust more, love more, live with the spirit of expectancy. Excellent, excellent. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Now let's take some time this morning to consider, you know, what you've heard. Consider this. I pray that something's stirred within you, not just for the moment, but it's stirred to a point where it actually really makes a, a, an internal change. It really is going to set you and I 
on a particular direction to not just build and develop and be, be certain about our internal compass, but this love factor, this love more, you know, to begin to see how we can better serve our community and those, and, and those around us. So let's take some time this morning. And as you bow your heads and as you consider that, just think of that. Think of what the Lord is now moving within you. What is He saying? What do you think He might remind you? Whose face comes to mind? How maybe you should be stepping out? How much more should you be trusting Him? You know, friends, even if it is difficult to trust, the grace of God is here. He wants to strengthen you. He's not here to shame you and I. He's not here to expose you and say, hey, see, these guys can't trust me. No, he's here to actually really come and begin to embrace you and say, hey, I've got this. I've got this and I've got you, right? I've got you. So just fall back, fall back, right? In Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, it's, it's, it's a great reminder and a promise. And I'll end with this, with this verse to help us keep buoyant. Do not yield to fear, for I'm always near. Never turn your gaze from me, for I'm your faithful God. I will infuse you with my strength. Imagine that, receive that. He will infuse you right now with his strength and help you in every situation. And he says this, I, meaning God Almighty, will uphold you firmly with His victorious right hand. With His victorious right hand. Bring yourself this morning and allow Him to lift you with His victorious right hand. Friends, we pray that God's going to supply all your needs. We pray that this week, as you step out in faith, we pray that this week, as you are generous, you're going to find that God is going to bless the generosity and He's going to multiply this back to you. We pray that for those of you who may be unwell, that God is going to heal. And, and we pray right now in the name of Jesus. You know, I, I love this passage of Scripture where the centurion comes and says, Jesus, even if you send your word, my servant will be healed. So we send the healing word of the Lord to those of you who are watching this and, are, and who are coming to us online. We pray that the healing word come to you, that in the name of Jesus, you are healed and that any infirmity that you might have right now is going to be broken and the healing of the Lord is going to settle on you. And, uh, and as we come under the shadow of the Almighty, as Psalm 91, we're going to find refuge, we're going to find strength, we're going to find, uh, we're going to find protection. Now we pray that you will take this out to those who may be struggling in that area and bring them under the shadow of the Almighty. So Lord, we pray and bless, bless everyone this morning in the name of Jesus. And friends, if you've got time, please, 
please take some time, you know, and discuss what you've heard. You know, go through, talk, talk about it, share your journey of trust, share how you can better love and help others. Amen. We'd love to see you again and we're going to see you again. Let's remain connected through all of our several forms of being connected again. It's a pleasure and a privilege for us to come from our living room here into yours. God bless you.